Hi, everybody. Welcome to another version of the Bruce Singer podcast. Uh, very, very, very exciting version. First, I want to just say a bit about myself. Uh, I'm the host of this podcast, which is the Bruce Singer podcast. Obviously, I'm Bruce Singer. And what my company does, Canada CFOs, we provide uh, chief financial officers on a part-time basis, an interim basis to companies. And we're very passionate about the food industry and the natural food industry specific, the health food industry. And today I have a very, very, very exciting guest. It's Adam Bernard, who's the Chief Financial Officer of Nature's Emporium. Before Adam Adam shares his, his insights and thoughts, I just want to share why I had Adam on the podcast. I'm a huge fan of Nature's Emporium. I've been going there for, for probably, I don't know how many years. Uh, they, are, they are an incredible, incredible operation, customer service. The, the food is incredible. The quality is incredible. The stores are incredible. Clean as a whistle. And I cannot tell you enough about what kind of fan that I am about Nature's Emporium. So I'm thrilled to have Adam on and uh, him. And he's going to talk about his team. We talk about lots of stuff. Okay. And Adam is a partner in the business. And so, and tell us a bit more about yourself and, and Nature's Emporium. Tell us a bit about yourself. And we're going to have fun today. Okay. Yeah. So my background. So, you know, I, I grew up in middle-class uh, household in, in the suburbs of Toronto. Uh, and I grew up in, in the restaurant business. Uh, my father ran restaurants. And so at an early age, I learned the business of food uh, and, and really loved the food business, loved everything about the food business, but a lot about customer service and the value of the customer uh, and how that drives the business forward. Uh, and, and through that sort of uh, upbringing, I decided that, hey, I didn't want to work in operations at the time. I, I really wanted to, to follow the, the financial path. And so I joined uh, PwC and the CA route uh, and then joined uh, out, of, out of PricewaterhouseCoopers, I joined uh, Canadian Tire. And throughout my career, I've had nothing but the best mentors uh, and great career opportunity. I've been privileged uh, to have such great opportunities to work you know, globally through PwC and, and, and Ireland and throughout the United States. Uh, moving to Calgary and, and around, uh, and I found a home at Canadian Tire. We're in a middle man, middle management positions. Uh, you know, they were phenomenal to me as well. Uh, helped me get a, an MBA, uh, and that ultimately launched me back in in the Toronto market, uh, where I joined a regional grocer, uh, where I spent seven years of my career uh, helping to build that business. Uh, and Joe, the founder of Nature's Emporium, approached me and said, "Listen." You know, we're, we're coming out of COVID and uh, there's a real opportunity to, to help a lot more people eat and live a better lifestyle uh, and, and compelled me to, to join him uh, to, to do that. And so I joined Nature's about a year ago, uh, just about a, about a year ago, uh, and it has been a whirlwind uh, for that one year. So that's been my career path in, in a bit of a nutshell. Uh, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. When you say also the whirlwind, um, I'm curious about about the customer from, from the, again all from the finance perspective when you've been there a year how do you how the customer service is absolutely outstanding how how, how do you how do you how do you do that because it, it's not a small operation it's got a lot of people and you know as the thing grows can you can you share can you share your insights on on how your team does that you bet so it starts with who we hire yeah. And that's ultimately what's underpinning the performance of the business. We start with hiring people that have a passion for healthy food. They have a general positive outlook on life and they have empathy towards others. 
And, you know, independent of functional skills, do they know how to, you know, pick a ripe avocado? Okay, we can teach that. And we do teach that. We'd rather focus on finding the right talent for the stores. Because we believe that if someone, again, has that empathy towards others, they treat customers with respect. Uh, and they treat their coworkers with respect. And that, that you know, I, I don't know if, if, if you know, in my, in my previous uh, experience that that's not been sort of a focal point of most retailers. They focus on the customer rather than focusing on the team. And if you surround yourself with positive team members who are doing the same sorts of things, it provides an ecosystem where, you know, we want to be positive and we want to offer great customer service. So that's, you know, to answer your, your, your question in a nutshell, Bruce, that's fundamentally what it comes down to is picking the right people to work with. And that, that's, 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 that's the culture. That's that, the culture. That, that, that's what it, 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 it's the, it's the culture. That's what it, uh, that's amazing. But I'm curious too, because in this day and age, it, you know, the, there's a war for talent. So if you're yep. winning that war, it sounds like you're winning the war. <laughs> okay. If you're at the high well, I think we're, maybe we're winning the retention war. And so, you know, will somebody leave for, you know, $2 more an hour? The answer is they might consider it. But if they love the environment they work in, and we pay competitively, so we believe and we continue to to shop the market and make sure we're treating our employees with respect. Uh, And, you know, it it comes down to, again, positive work environment, but also uh, clear expectations. So they understand what success looks like. And what we found is when, when employees leave our business for, there are some that will choose, hey, and I get paid a little bit more uh, by taking that role for $2 more an hour, most of them end up coming back. And they come back because they, they, when they go to their new organization, they're being inundated with, okay, well, now I'm paying you know, that employee $2 more an hour. Therefore, the organization structurally overburdens uh, those employees with more responsibility than, than they're probably a accustomed to, but, but also comfortable with. And so they come back to us because they feel like they can be successful and supported. Uh, and, and we believe we're paying them competitively. Interesting you say that because it, it, it brushes off on the customer. Cause I'm talking about myself. My experience is I come back because I feel supported. I feel like I'm valued as a customer, you know, I, I see the quality, you know, and it's interesting. You're right. It, it trickles down right to the right, right up and down the line. It, it's really something, you know, and, and we, and we can touch on, you know, it's just not just the, the yeah. customer facing employees. It's also our buyers and our purchasing that we call it the office staff, if you will, although we don't necessarily distinguish between office staff and customer facing staff. You know, we, we again, hire the same sort of individuals to do our buying. So we have functional experts, whether it's in produce or it's in uh, our, our health vitamins and supplements, or whether it is in our center aisle health foods um, area of our business, et cetera, C- across all lines of business. We have experts in those areas, but before they're an expert in produce per se, they're, they're first and foremost an expert in you know how to have good relations with those frontline uh, staff members to make sure that they're supported. Uh, they have the right information to be successful. They know enough about the product so they can convey that to a consumer. Um, and so that's ultimately what underpins a lot of our success is an ecosystem, A, at a frontline level to support those staff, but also at an office level to, to make sure we're conveying the right product. Uh, we're picking the right product uh, and, and ultimately respecting the customer. 
uh, in terms of the price point and their affordability on those products. So it really is, is a multitude uh, that might makes us successful. Well, let, thank you for sharing that. And I want to talk about what are some of the, because grocery, it's, it's more than just growth. It's not growth. I'm using it. It's far mm-hmm. beyond that. You know, the health food industry is, a, I think the health food industry, I don't think we've even uh, grown to the potential of the natural food industry. That's my belief. I think we're just at the forefront, you know, uh, personal belief system. Uh, so what's the differentiation? Like, what are the key different differentiation factors that that make your your organization successful? I will tell you, it, it, there's many factors that, that yeah. make the organization successful. Yeah. But from a customer perspective, I believe that it is a one-stop shop of organic and natural foods. So when you come into a Nature's Emporium store, uh, it is a 25,000 square foot, if not more, uh, because the, the, the new market store, for example, has just, because of the sheer number of customers to service, has grown into a 40,000 square foot store wow. in order to service those customers. Wow. Uh, but a typical store is about 25,000 square feet. Um, and and is a, it's a full grocery store. So you get everything from, you know, your, 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 your produce, your meats, your, your dairy, your dairy alternatives, and you probably have amongst the widest assortment of dairy alternatives, naturally because of uh, a movement towards more plant-based proteins, um, as well as a full uh, vitamins, supplements, and minerals, and not to mention beauty care lines. And so if you're into natural makeup and, and houseware products, so whether it be paper towels or toilet paper, you can get everything under one roof. And so from a, from a consumer perspective, there's a convenience factor. Uh, and so we believe our key differentiator is ensuring that we're offering utter convenience to the consumer. And, and again, that's not just by the four walls of the store, that's the assortment inside the four walls. Uh, when you walk into a large format, you know, 100,000 plus square foot conventional grocery store, you can probably find an organic banana and a organic uh, granola bar or peanut butter, but you have to search. And so right. yeah. one, of, yeah. one of our key things is it's 25,000 square feet, but it is a fully curated assortment. We do not put product into the store, which is covered in pesticides. So we believe, Amazing. you know, I don't believe, we don't believe as an organization that a customer has to choose between broccoli that has pesticides and broccoli that doesn't have pesticides. We only offer one broccoli. And that is without pesticides. And that's why we only do 100% organic produce. Uh, and it's not to say that there's not a rule for a conventional brochure. That is not it. But part of our winning strategy is our consumers, or we believe that the con- health food consumer fundamentally is looking for clean product. And they shouldn't have to choose interesting, or, interesting. Be, or make the choice within inside the four walls of the store. It's a great point. Because like when I, you know, I do it subconscious and I want to come in, I trust. Everything I buy, I know is okay. <laughs> I just have to choose: do I want dates that day or bananas that day, or do I want to have apples? Or do I want... but I know it's because I do it subconsciously now. You know, it's a tr- it's trust. It's consumer trust. It and is, especially it. when you're when you're busy, right? And you know, in, in in a COVID world, folks had customers had more time, so they could be a little bit more cautious or selective in terms of where they're spending their time. But as people become busy again. Uh, you know, it, it, it's tough, especially when you're you know, raising a family. I've got a family. I've got two kids. I don't want to have to to spend you know an hour and a half to two hours in a grocery store. Uh, I want to be able to spend 45 minutes. I want to be able to get in and out and know that my kids are eating 
natural product. One thing I'd like to add, because which I noticed is you're a very big supporter of local. Very big supporter. And this the smaller guy, like the local brands that I have, and some of them are great, great artisans that call them, and you have a tremendous selection, which I just want to say that that also I've noticed that because I like stuff like that. And I think that's wonderful what you're doing. It's 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 everything, you know, it's everything. It's a winning, it's basically a winning operation. And well, that's it goes in the name, Bruce. Um, yeah. so Emporium. Uh, Joe, the founder of the business, brilliant man. Uh, he he has always believed that an emporium, by definition, is is if there's a good, clean product uh, and it, it, it's authentic, especially if it's local, we have an obligation to list it uh, and and do so quickly. Uh, so to minimize any bureaucracy around listing a product, whether it's price, quantity, all that you know, supply chain, uh, administration that does have to go with it. Um, we have an obligation to list it because consumers are going to be looking for it and they want to know that if there's a honey um, and, and they can buy it in their local store downtown, they should be able to buy it. Sure. Yeah. And what else? You mentioned, mentioned about hunting goods. Um, lots more to talk about. This is great, by the way. I love this. Um, what about, I've noticed more and more I went into the store, there's more of a shift to your private label. What's, yeah. can you share the yeah share yeah let's, we can chat about that yeah so we we've had private label for wherever I, I don't know how long but longer than many and so pri- the role of private label first and foremost it's under a, a brand called always organic now we have a secondary line which i can get into in a minute but but always organic is is our private label brand uh and so the role of private label and the expansion of private label is really in the context of the inflation conversation. And, and so one of the hot topics uh, of, of today, being August of 2022, is, is food inflation, right? And, and you know, consumers spending a lot more, not just on food, but on everything. And so cost of living continues to, to be problematic for a lot of households. Uh, and so the role of private label, of which we have hundreds of products, hundreds, um, the exact number, well, we're listing probably seven to 10 a week uh, in terms of, of private label products is really a byproduct of consumers uh, that are more price sensitive. And so within our customer group, um, there is naturally going to be a segment of those customers that are more price sensitive than others. And so they're, you know, for, for individuals that are loyal to their coffee brand or their peanut butter brand or their um, olive oil brand, um, look, we want to make sure we have it and all you know our, our commitment to our consumer and we will always have it in stock but if this week or this month or this period of time however long that period we make no judgment price is a, a concern we want to make sure that you can continue to do your full shop with us and so private label the role of private label is to make sure or to unlock the value the price value for that consumer and so if you're shopping and you need an avocado oil, um, and the alternative brand is, is you know, 10%, 20% more expensive, we can offer you an alternative product. Uh, that is continuing to be organic. That's good. That's great. Uh, so that's the role. That's great. Because inflation is, is a big topic. Yep. Is a big topic. And is there anything else you can share about the 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 uh, what's going on in inflation from uh, maybe some advice or something? Because you know, that is a big issue for like suppliers and things like that. How do they, how does anybody deal with that? You know, uh, lots of things. First, first of all, let, let's the finance perspective. inflation is real. Let's, yeah, let's clarify. Really, inflation yeah. is real. Like, uh, uh, you know, it's like, 
you know, inflation's real. Uh, and it, and it, it, it's, it's in, it finds and trickles its way into everything. And so what we've done as a business, I'll talk about that first and then sure. maybe I'll have some level of advice. I don't know, value of the advice, but, you know, we, we started several months ago and I really, we started in, in the fourth quarter of last year, looking at inflation, realizing that inflation's a thing, it's going to be a thing. You know, I think it would be, you know, I apologize if it sounds, sounds, sounds bad, but it would be naive to think that we come out of a COVID world where people have been locked in their cocoons for several years, that they're not going to be a spending frenzy. Uh, and so we, we recognize that this to, to be the case. And we started a number of things. And, and I say the first thing we started was, uh, we call it internally, we call it Project Mercury. And Project Mercury is the automation of manual or mundane tasks. And so this project of automation includes the full-scale ERP or, or enterprise resource planning platform, as well as an automated e-commerce platform, which will be launched in 2023, and a bunch of other uh, automated platforms, including yeah. procurement. And so why have we done that? To, to make sure that we're only, our, 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 in, our team members' time is spent with the customer because that's where the value is. And so one of our things to combat inflation is so that we can continue to be competitive on a wage front is we need to make sure we're removing hours, removing those manual tasks from, from retail operations and making sure that our, our team members are doing things that are valuable. That's number one. Number two is strategic sourcing and, and how we're buying. Um, and so, you know, there's certain things you can do that with more grocery center aisle, uh, health, uh, package stable product. You can do more of that produce less so. Um, but ultimately, you know, we, we have a central procurement model, uh, whereby we procure into a distribution center and we're buying when the opportunities with our vendors, because you may, you may have suppliers listening to this podcast, um, and so I would definitely encourage them to, to work with the buyer because they will naturally have ebbs and flows of their own availability. And so working with uh, customers like us, retailers like us, who are more than happy to, to procure more or less during certain periods of time. And our, our vitamins, supplements, and, and beauty suppliers are a prime example of that. They work with our buyers to say, listen, these are the times where I have opportunities for you to buy at a cheaper price. You just have to carry the inventory, uh, which, you know, obviously we'll do the math and, and make sure that makes sense for our business. But we're happy to do that because it allows us then to pass those savings on to the consumer. I got it. No, I got it. It's, it's like really, really partnering. It's really partnering with those suppliers and whether they're supplier distributors or direct supply. I guess there's both that are going on, you know, um, but that's, that's interesting stuff. Very, very. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. We could talk about that for hours. Oh, and that is like yeah. today. It's <laughs> like it's like every meeting I'm in about, about food. It's like what do we do? I mean, it's just it's a constant. It constantly comes up. So I want to switch the topic. Let's talk about let's talk about your plans going forward. You know what's 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 the uh, uh, the plan? Also, can I mention also? I know you opened up a new a new a new uh, a new location. You mentioned open. It's not open yet, but it's no, uh, it's certainly under construction. Yeah. Yeah. There's one. It, well, yeah. From a finance perspective, how does it impact finance? Curious, because you know, how does it impact? Several facets. Um, yeah. So, so Bruce, that's a great question. 
you know, o- opening a new store, a typical store in any retail environment could be as little impact on finance or have a lot of impact on finance. And so because of the culture that we have inside of Nature's Emporium, it's a collaborative process. And so it starts the role of finance, as is the role with store operations, as is the role with our purchasing department, a collaborative approach around a table, uh, maybe not the best COVID-friendly environment, uh, but ultimately around a, a, a big table where we plan the store. Uh, and so we plan, you know, how do we think customers will walk the store, right? If you are a lunch customer or you're a full grocery shop customer uh, or you're coming in for uh, a healthy uh, smoothie, uh, you're, you're coming in for that specific reason. So we, we map the store according to what we think these customers are looking in terms of product development. And from there, we do the math around, okay, how many customers will come in the door? And we use market data to do that. You know, how many, what's the population? Uh, what is their, 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 their demographics? It sounds, but you know, it's not overly science. It's more around, you know, what is the health um, aptitude of those consumers? And, and ultimately we can estimate, not a perfect science, but we estimate how many consumers will walk in the door uh, and, and really what they're looking for. And from that, then we can determine what the size of, of um, each, each area of the business needs to be. And, and that's really where finance plays the biggest role. Is is making sure I'm making sure collaborating with, helping uh, with the math around what's the right size, does that make sense, uh, and and can we make sure that we can do offer these products and services to the customer at a compelling price, and 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 you know I, I that's one of the things that we make sure we can focus on. We have to make sure we're always competitive because ultimately food is one of those things you buy it every day. Uh, and so price is typically a, a consideration most of the time. And so therefore, we want to make sure we're, we're doing so economically. Whoa, 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 whoa. As it relates to opening, I, I will add on, as it relates to then getting closer to, to well, the store construction or store opening, you know, finance plays a critical role in making sure we have the right staff, they're treated correctly, their, their payroll is set up correctly, they got the right benefits, yeah. all of that kind of uh, administration stuff, vendors, hey, do we have purchase orders uh, issued for these folks make sure we get paid them on time you know Bruce you mentioned we have a great reputation with our suppliers yeah, yeah. the reason we have such a great reputation is we pay them on time uh, and so we, we don't believe in in dragging our vendors uh, I know the industry the food industry has a bit of a bad reputation yeah. uh, for well, that cer- certain ones <laughs> who shall well, be famous. Yeah. And and so, particularly yeah. I shall go to this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting, because you, like it's it's really role plays. That's the strategic role that finance plays. You know what I mean? It's it's you got to be a lot more strategic in everything in the facts and, and another big topic. That's wonderful. That's I think incredible. You know, you have it yeah. down to you have it down to a science. <laughs> well, I, I don't know that I have it down to a science. I think um, you know yeah. when you talk about the role of, of finance. Yeah. That's an interesting question. Yeah. Do you want to probe a little bit on? Role sure, of I'd love to hear it. The role of finance. Yeah, like, role finance in a, in a in a rapidly growing and amazing uh, health food uh, retailer. Yeah. Okay. I w- I would say uh, that the role of finance is is to minimize waste, and I say waste is it's to help the frontline individuals or the buyers or anybody in the organization realize where waste is. 
because I think there's an environment where, you know, you get into a bit of a, a path, right? You get your daily routines, you get your checklists, you're doing, you're doing your thing while you're helping customers along the way. And sometimes you lose sight uh, of trends. Uh, and, and so waste is created. Now, when I say waste, it's food waste, also time waste. And I would say the role of finance in today's world has less to do with food, albeit food is still very important, is more to do with time. Where can we save time through business process automation? Where can we save time through uh, changing how we approach uh, the product offering to the consumer? And so that's, that's where most of where my team spends their time, uh, helping the business have the right information to make the right decisions day to day. And so that's, that's fundamentally uh, my belief, our belief. Yeah. So one last, one last area, one last area. So if you could share, what is, what is the future? What's the, what's, what's, what's the plan? What's the plan now? Okay. Well, uh, it, it's, we're trying to be more convenient to more people. Uh, that involves opening more stores. So you mentioned our, our newest store, which has been announced and there'll be more to being announced, uh, more to come. Uh, I can't share that yet, but uh, we're very excited. Uh, you know, the, the, de- the demand customers are looking for healthier options, which is very exciting. We are, we are you know, so motivated uh, by consumers asking for more and more and uh, more and more customers coming to our store each and every week. Uh, and so we're very excited about that. Um, and so that's brick and mortar uh, growth is, is certainly in, 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 the, uh, in the next few, few months, the next several years, and, and also uh, advancements in, in sort of e-commerce. Although we do fundamentally believe over the next few years, brick and mortar or physical store is, is certainly the preferred customer channel. It is, uh, it is. But e-commerce and, and sort of, I call it the updating of our existing e-commerce approach um, is, is sort of on the, on the horizon. Well, well, new stores is good for me because I live, I live, at, uh, I live in North York, okay? So I sometimes in traffic, I drive up to the store in Maple because I'm oh. going to go to Nature's Emporium and I'll schlep. I'll schlep with the winter an hour because I don't care about the cost of gas because I see the value. You know what I mean? Just a shop at Nature's Emporium. And, uh, and we're grateful. Thank you. Thank no, you it's, it's a great no, because I know, because I, I know in a stock, I know, like, I know what I'm getting. I'm doing well, you know, I know what I'm getting. And I mean, this has been, this has been, this has been a lot of fun. Very insightful. Adam, is there anything that, that I, I didn't ask or we didn't talk about that you'd like to share that we should have shared? Because some of you, we know in these, these interviews are so ad lib that uh, anything that you think the audience might want to know that I, I maybe forgot or didn't ask, I think we're good. You know what I mean? No, I think I, I think it was a great conversation, Bruce. Thank you wonderful, so wonderful. much for, for having us. It was very inspiring. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. And thank you for sharing. And I want to, so we're going to sign off. And I want to thank Adam. I want to thank everybody for listening. And uh, Bruce Singer saying, till the next one. And have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.